Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, I'm Sue Rose Minahan. This is Talk Cosmos, Insightful Conversations, and today is September 24th. It's now the, it's after the equinox, it is in Libra, and this is Kaleidoscope Visions panel that will have a transit reading later, and our title is Reflections on Ambitions, because Pluto is still retrograde in Capricorn. And Pluto is finishing its 16-year cycle in Capricorn. So these months going up until January, early January, oh, about the 20th, are the very last times that Pluto will be in Capricorn. And this is the last retrograde. And retrograde is always a matter of looking forwards and backwards. But this time also will be quite important for those people born or for any events happening during the 1990s. Because at that time, we had a real stellium. That means at least three planets in a sign. We had, and these were big ones. These were the outer planets. They were Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. They all transited Capricorn for different lengths of time, of course. Saturn's two and a half, Uranus is seven, and Neptune is long, 13 years. Meaning that this... Today, this transit reading that we're indicating could have some real meaningfulness for all anything during that period of time. And also, of course, when planets or angles or the nodes, for instance, if you have a, a Capricorn North node or a Capricorn South node, that really adds a fundamental significance to how you might be experiencing this. So with all that said, we have a lot more to say, of course, because I have a wonderful panel, and we are now ready for Kaleidoscope Visions. Associating current astrology transits to a real-life natal chart transit reading through the understanding of the sky's cosmic consciousness for navigating free will options, this is your Kaleidoscope Visions panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan. Collaborating with guests weekly since 2018. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, consultant, workshop facilitator, and lecture speaker. I'm a Dwarf Planet University graduate, charter member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club. I have an AA degree and a fine arts music degree in jazz. I'm a certified color energy life coach, a writer, artist, musician, and ardent mythologist a student of esoteric philosophies and life. I'm Amanda Pierce. I'm a soul-centered astrologer, blending intuition into my practice. I believe the universe is always working for our highest good and seek to empower my clients in our readings. I teach a four-week series of empowerment-based meditation classes that connect you deeper into your own intuition and innate power. I work in communications with a passion for employee experience. I also have a BA in psychology. I'm passionate about healing and enjoy helping others create new realities and shift old paradigms. And I am John Chenworth, an astrologer from Seattle, Washington. I grew up in southern Arizona and was so obsessed with mythology that I concretely imprinted the Greco-Roman pantheon into my psyche. I still see those gods and goddesses infused into everything around me. 
My experiences of working with developmentally disabled and resource students for many years as both teacher and mentor has given me a strong compassion for others and has seasoned me with an exceptional reconciling energy. I have more than 18 years experience reading natal charts and continue to enhance consulting techniques by attending workshops and conferences. I use a unique blend of evolutionary, archetypal, and traditional astrological methods to look for themes in the birth chart for us to explore. I also enjoy penning poems and exploring Washington State on road trips. And like the Sufi poet Rumi says, You are the entire ocean in a drop. Splash! (laughs) Hi, Amanda. Hi, John. Hello. Hello. Lovely to be here with you again. Yes, October. Isn't it something with the autumn equinox and eclipses coming up? Oh, my goodness. No, it's finally Libra season. It's um, it it came quick. The summer flew by for me. It was sudden, it was yeah. like it was gray all of a sudden. Like okay, now we're doing fall. That's really it's, quick here. It in Seattle. is fall. Yeah, the weather Seattle. has been quite different in <laughs> Seattle. I know. I think everywhere here in Hawaii too. But the volcano is quieted, so we have no more fog. We have heavy rain. Well, let's get to our slides. And here we are. Whoops, how did we begin there? Maybe we can start at the beginning. Okay, thanks. And that's always good. Uh, Marie O'Neill is having a retreat as an event bright. Now, few panelists on uh, Talk Cosmos are involved. So there'll be a slide at the end about that if you're interested in, to participate in October or just join my email list. I have all that information along with other resources and conferences and retreats so that would be great so we have amanda pierce how to contact her at her email and john through his website and myself of course at talk cosmos and you can find this all at talk cosmos itself well pluto in capricorn it's retrograde it started on june 11th in Capricorn. It had started earlier, but it regressed into Capricorn on June 11th. And it will go in direct motion, apparent direct motion, on the, at 27 degrees October 10th in less than two weeks. And I'm sorry my slides didn't transfer very well here from my slides. But anyway, yes, go ahead, Amanda. You were going to say something. Yeah. So this is um, this is a nice opportunity for us. It's the last time Pluto is going to be in Capricorn and it's the last retrograde. So it's that last time to go within and look at those Capricorn structures within us that um, need releasing and revising so that we can step into greater power, which is Pluto. Yes. John, did you have something perking? <laughs> I just, in my head, I'm just picturing the mountain climber on his last hike for a season or something. The last things you want to see and do, or maybe getting ready for that last hike. It's a retrograde. So what are you going to pack? How are you going to prepare kind of energy, I guess, you know? It's true. And it is a 16-year cycle. So this started in 2008. People can yeah. reflect back. So depending where people's energies and in astrology, it's all vibrational. It's energy. And so there's a wide, it, it, there are 30 degrees. So if someone learns that there's this degree or that degree, you can give at least latitude of five degrees on each side and sometimes 10. I mean, a large spectrum, depending if it's the sun or if it's something, how significant, but all that can be interpreted. 
So let's see what more, because Saturn, as we had indicated, rules Capricorn, and this is an archetypal symbolism. We have archetypes within us, these roles. And Saturn, in vibrational astrology, which does knit things very down particularly, so I share it, it focuses on determining fundamental essence of anything stripped of all the superfluous that lasts through death. So that could be your skeleton bone. It could be a lot of things. Amanda, you want to go on about the retrograde here? Oh, well, I'm just looking at your slide here. And I just love that piece about um, Pluto retrograde being about reclaiming our shadow and that part within us that is not fully conscious. Anything that any planets beyond Saturn are not visible to the human eye. And so all of that is unconscious content. And Pluto is way out there this planet out there and so it's it's quite in the depths of us and so that reclaim that's a very retrograde word it is and i love this idea of accept accepting all the light and the dark parts it, it doesn't mean that we necessarily have them all integrated to the point that they're functioning but at least it's not a stumbling block like a banging your head against a door or falling over the boulder or something or getting lost in the river. <laughs> and that that acceptance piece, I think that is so big. Um, because really, to integrate anything, we first have to accept it, and love it and allow it to be present and just be okay with it. If we're pushing against it, there's no no chance for integration at all. So love that that piece about acceptance. Mm -hmm. You have these, uh, the Pluto and Saturn uh, are these, well, they're pretty heavy gods in mythology. And we're coming up to the end of this sign where they'll shift into new signs. It'll, it'll feel differently. And so these these big guys are saying, okay, what do you got to take care of? This is this is your chance to, to do this. Mm. It's kind of, I think there's a kind of that feeling with it. You know what yeah, I mean? like of a last yeah. ditch effort. And yeah. usually that is the case with psychology too, isn't it? Because Pluto also works that world in the deep underground of psychology, or, or Scorpio does that it rules. And there is sometimes with always that, like the whip, you know, if you do a whip, it kind of has a snap at the end. It's just mm. like a crunch that wants to say, now or never, here it comes. You know, it's intense. <laughs> We have to think about what the collective needs to do because uh, uh, Pluto's generational, long time in a sign, so it's affecting a lot of people at the same time. So, what's, what's, what, what do we need to work on collectively? What structures may need to change? You know, That's yeah. True. Mm -hmm. And the that Pluto retrograde, it's kind of about questioning the status quo and like yeah. our societal and collective definitions, our expectations, um, any pressures to conform. Like, where are we personally and collectively um, ready to let go of some of that so that we can move more cleanly into that Pluto and Aquarius energy, right. which is all about change. And which yes. is really about the human collective, too, in mass. It's like it's going to become uh, how we balance all of this, all these things with humanity. We really have to, like, look at it now. And maybe gates are going to open with new ideas to take care of some things. That's what I'm hoping for. I'm kind of hopeful for the shift into Aquarius. Yes. Well, <laughs> this is work to do yeah. ahead, you know, not to bypass, but I, to recognize everything, of course. And again, as I was thinking, I realized that our charts will show because there's always the cross, the cardinal cross, 
you know, all uh, in astrology, because not everybody's an astrologer that listens to this. They like astrology, but to, to, to remind ourselves that in Capricorn, because it's cardinal, it's action, it also involves the opposite, which is cancer. They're both time-oriented. Uh, cancer is more of a long pro- personal processing. And then, of course, on the the which are the solstice points and also the equinox points which we just passed with the autumn libra point or the aries point which is self and other which the nodes are in right now so your mention about the collective john and and what you're speaking of too amanda is so pertinent because the times are ripe for us to look at our relationships let's look a little bit more about the mythology which i know excites us all yeah, I've always loved that image of Capricorn. The sea goat, <laughs> yes, classic. It's half goat, half fish, and I I read this about alchemizing the water from which it emerges. I, I paraphrase a little bit into earthly matter because water represents your emotions, and we know it is the polarity point of Cancer when you feel things, and it's in feeling things. Emotions, well, along with Tara's feeling, but the point being that that's how we manifest. And if it climbs from the seafloor to the mountaintop, it is evolving these this sense of consciousness and is transmuting a fishtail for four legs to, to get things clarified. So here, a little bit more about the Greek mythology. And pardon, my slides didn't transfer so well, but Pan was half human with a goat horns and hoofs. Wonderful musician and the god of goat herds and shepherds. Oh, that's a sea goat. Anyway, Pan was fleeing from the monster, uh, Typhon, and he jumped into the river to transform himself into a fish, to swim faster, and came out as a sea goat. Well, I just love the the sea goat imagery because... It feels a little bit like um, like it's dipping into that fishiness of, of Pisces and bringing back that spirituality. And it really kind of connects that the to the spiritual side of Capricorn, which we don't often think about. And, and how, um, like the title of our talk today was um, Reflecting on Ambition, right? And ambition is, we often associate with Capricorn. Um, but... It's, I think on a more spiritual level, it's more about legacy. And so it's about Mm. that um, kind of what am I leaving behind in the world and doing, how am I doing good in the world? And it's bringing that coming out of the water, that, that spiritual water, and then climbing the mountain and putting it into onto the earth plane. That's, that's a lot of what the Capricorn energy is about. Uh, the double energy to, when I see the sea goat, it, I, the first thing I think of is the resilience of Capricorn and how it can face anything. I mean, if it's going to swim from the bottom of the ocean, then change, climb to the top of the mountain, it can do anything. And it reminds us um, how strong we actually are in our spirituality and how we can be. I think it's, it's very hopeful. And the legacy part here, I'll just bring up that Pan was the son of Hermes, which is Mercury. Hermes was the ancient of, of uh, Greek term and older. And Hermes 
guided the dead and visited the underworld. So Hermes was able to transform himself and the and also he invented the lair, lyre and the pipes and the musical scale. So here his child, Pan, which there's many ways to look at this, but just briefly speaking, brings that legacy of his energies forward and then into Capricorn. Oh boy, this is exciting. So here we have, I think we'll get through all these, today's chart, which is the 24th. And we'll look at it kind of briefly if we can, but Pluto, that planet that we're focusing on in Capricorn, that's retrograde as we speak, that won't go direct until the 10th, is squaring and has been. That means it's in between the nodal points, which are new as of July 18th. And they're in these relationship signs of Aries, the self, the Versus the other Libra, like, hey, we're doing this together. What do you think? And and let's and not just that, but complementing, complementing each other. So it's a real force of relationships. That it's like this constant, active. How are we going to be together as we go through all these shifts? How are we going to, right, be diplomatic with each other, have, have the boundaries for ourselves, and yet be able to work with others, and working deeply with that Pluto squaring that. It's, uh, to me, I, it looks like a little bit like a kind of like a hard work kind of aspect. There is. Yeah, it is. It, those kinds, that kind of work in astrology is always worth it, I tell my clients. It's always worth yeah. it, right? And, and looking at this, so this square to Pluto, when the nodes first moved into Aries Libra, this was, this was, this square was right here. It's been with it the whole period. And, um, and so that's, it's a signature of this, this nodal um, experience in Aries and Libra. And when you look at Pluto, you're standing at the position of Pluto. You always look to the left to find out what is the node that you go to, to kind of resolve that energy. And so we're looking at, to the left here would be at Libra. And so I really like that energy of the, the win-win of Libra, as opposed to Aries, which is win-lose. Only one person can win with Aries, but <laughs> But Libra, it's like everybody winning. And that's such beautiful energy for us to kind of work on and work through as we are about to shift into that Pluto and Aquarius. Um, it's a gorgeous way of putting it because I often think of it as also be careful of the codependency so that you don't lose oneself, but integrate oneself into it. And as far as the challenge goes, I know that lately because Aries has an idea that it wants something. And so, of course, it's obtainable because it's just an energy that's fire that goes directly to its source. But meanwhile, thinking about the people, the people, the other person, you have to think of how it might affect them and it slows a person down. And so I'm, lately I find myself going, okay, now how's the better way of saying this? Because if, I, if someone said that to me, how would I feel? <laughs> you know, it gets complicated, but it's worth it because then you, you, the honey works. Here we have Tiffany, who will be on after the break. And we're going to go through her chart and then we'll go to the bywheel. There's a little, um, a little bit here. Hopefully we'll do it in 10 minutes. So Tiffany was born December 2nd, 1990 at 11.31 p.m. in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And by all volunteers, we are so grateful. And she signed a waiver that this is okay to present 
and we've only put our first name for privacy. And then, so in other words, right now we notice a few things, and I have them down here, her rulerships, that Mercury rules her moon and ascendant. She's a Gemini moon and a... Uh, um, and we will talk late, talk, I mean, we will talk common talk. Tiffany's not really an astrologer, but interested in all the metaphysical things. But hopefully some of this identification is pretty basic to, to check on. And those people listening again can stop and 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 hopefully ponder if need be. But Mercury, the planet of communication, is ruling her moon, which is her emotional basis and habits that's in Gemini, wanting communication. And the ascendant, which is how she comes forward in the world, which is in Virgo, that wants to synthesize all that stuff that she's collected in her emotional moon, Gemini. The moon, meanwhile, rules the Cancer South Node. So, Tiffany, pardon me for going on this quickly, but Tiffany's South Node, her natal South Node, is in this caring, self-processing, private world of answer with chiron right there next to the south node i find very interesting that um coming from maybe even kind of essentially knowing about if the south node is the past lives and what we've gone through kind of knowing a little about healing and taking care of long-term painful things and be able to deal with that and maybe teach about it or do you know what i'm saying good yes i love comment. it i love yeah. it i think it's a great signature i love that and the South Node is often where we have a, a lot of gifting from past lives. Mm -hmm. there's, an, a, there's an abundance of energy there. Some of it is like too much energy and we need to release it. But there's also a lot of gifting there. And so with that Chiron placement, I love that as like a, a healing aspect for, um, for self and others. Right. And Saturn is conjunct her North Node and rules the North Node. It is in... Uh, Capricorn, meaning she's and had her look at all that return. Look at all that Capricorn energy. That's a lot of Capricorn. Yes. So all that sea goat stuff. We 1990. Were talking about yes, it really is signature. So meaning that as, there's been many, many changes, very likely deep, significant restructuring of, of her life and, and focusing and getting rid of what isn't important and trying to, to work with it. It's really powerful. And last but not least, Jupiter rules her son. She is a Sagittarius. I, because of time, oh, and, and we will mention perhaps that the moon opposes, the emotional opposes the, the Mercury and uh, um, just Mercury, right? No, the Mercury and Venus, meaning there's a lot of awareness, probably emotionally between her thoughts and her, 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 what uh, she's attracted to desires for, you know, yes. Should we go on? There's a, uh, just a note about if we go back to the chart one second, a lot of yeah. earth in the chart, lots of earthy planets. Yes. So, grounded. Like, yes. Groundedness, tangibleness, working with what's real. Yeah. yeah. A little bit Being of that. Being here on the earth plane and, sure. and doing it doing it which is probably good for a fire sign i mean remember she's fire and air there's there's it's a mix it's a big mix but there is that well it gets you it allows you to kind of like um really oh, 
Oh, I think Amanda might have frozen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll continue here. Well, Amanda, you froze. Yeah, yes. you're, you're back. <laughs> okay. We okay. can move on. All right. Oh, thank you. Here we're going to show one of the natal highlights that transiting Pluto happens to be conjunct. That means crossing, joining the same degree as her natal north node. This is so important. It's been happening in the last couple of, well, it's happened three times. And this is the third time. And pardon my slides, they did not uh, focus so well. But the next one, the first one was on the 11th of February. Then it was, the that was direct. Then it went on the 27th of July, retrograde, and now it's going direct on the 19th of, of, of um, this year. Uh, wanting to move forward, just this. Yeah, well, yeah. here, we're still back on this today's slide. So uh -huh. in other words, we see that Pluto is applying, it's 27 degrees, it's applying to get there. So now she has time to, this is the third round. It's like, what is she really working to hmm, transmute, to, to release and reform in her direction? Because the Cancer South Node is very much my time. Thank you. I'll process this. I have my own flower and it knows when it wants to bloom. And the Capricorn is like, you know what? I, I usually lilies bloom when it gets cold out and it's cold now. So bloom, <laughs> you know? it, it, there's a directional pro process to this, which, and also there's this signature in both charts of Venus that what we love, what we're attracted to, what we think is beautiful. It makes our life harmonious and it's like the golden mean of life. It can be very esoteric as well as, as tangible rules to signs. But it's also with Juno that represents, as we said, Juno is the wife of, of Zeus, and she has alliances, or as you had said, contracts and bonds. So very much signature, like, I'm not just in this myself. Who are, who are my compatriots? Yeah? A, a fidelity, that's my favorite Juno word, a fidelity to the cause. Hmm. So that's a strong signature that's saying that it's not just with her sun characteristic that's part of her nature is to align herself in this. And of course, it's in Sagittarius, very probably uh, belief systems, you know, patterns and, and philosophies. But it's that, also now. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, and that transit of uh, Venus, Juno, in Leo is trining her natal um her natal Venus and oh. and and Juno to a degree. So it's a really it. it's a, yeah, it's very supportive. It's a really nice um flow of energy. So it's just kind of um amping that up a bit in a really then, lovely way. And the next thing I noticed too was that Mars, our action planet, the mojo, it's like, hey, we're getting forward motion here, is 18 degrees Libra. And of course, Mars and Libra is Again, one of those, like, I'm going ahead, but meanwhile, I have to deal with somebody else. So do you like that reservation? Do you like that view? Do you want to sit here? What's your, you know, on and on, just needing to get guidance and feedback from the other person. So it slows it down, but it's in, it's, it's conjuncting her natal series. 
in Ceres, the goddess of both grief and claiming how to nurture our grief. You know, it's when she, Ceres lost her daughter Persephone and it has everything to do with about agriculture, you know, the cycles of life, death and rebirth. But it's, it's, it's somehow related to nurturing this intense grief and giving a gift of like Ceres taught a child how to do, how to do agriculture. That's how, I, you know, how you could sustain and support your Mars and Ceres are also sextile six degrees from the natal uh, Juno Venus and the transiting Juno v Venus. Oh, like, midpoint. It's being a helper. It's saying, uh, do this diplomatically. You have all the tools you need. Go forward and do it. Right. Oh, Think of how you how you'd, uh, build yourself and, and nurture yourself as you go through whatever changes you are going through. Well, and anytime Mars uh, transits something, it's kind of bringing energy to it. Mm -hmm. And so this this may be a period where um, where there could be a period of grief coming forward or reminders of loss that have happened in the past. So that's just something to to keep in mind if if you are um, if Tiffany is experiencing that that this is this is cyclical and it's part of the process. And because it is with the lunar transit right now, there's something, some actions that are hopefully being in, uh, instilled or motivated that will help her change whatever grief into nurturing. And it could be through herself and others, because remember, she does have Chiron with herself, noting Chiron is the wounded healer that turned his own wound that he could not heal into a service into others. Yeah. So, a... mm -hmm. Oops, you froze again. We are a little past our half hour point. Amanda, I hope you'll be back with us. <laughs> I hope <laughs> and, so too. Okay. There okay. You are. <laughs> and, and we will come back and we'll invite Tiffany and we'll talk about this in December, some more happening. Thank you, everybody. We love you. Come back. Just a little moment. We'll be right back. Thank you. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Libra, ruled duly by Venus. By leaving the lower hemisphere of the self, the energy of Libra enters the arena where the completed self meets the other-than-self to form a relationship based on partnership. As a cardinal air sign on the descendant angle, represented by the equinox of equal light, Libra's energy learns through comparison and relationships with the intention to integrate duality and polarities. 
This is Martha Norwalk, every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Jude Potton at the Whispering Dragon Center in Shoreline, we cover the world of animals. This week, October 1st, it's Shelf to Rescue Sanctuary and anything that helps our Animal Friends Sunday. We'll check in with our regulars, Meow Cat Rescue, Help Animals India, and Seattle Dogs Homeless Program. Plus, we'll talk to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga and find out about all the great classes and events coming up. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul. Hello, we're back again. And I'm just going to ask real briefly, because we're a little short on time, but... John or Amanda, do you have any classes you're giving that you have a date or a lecture that you're giving? Because you, we're all astrologer consultants. Everybody can get back to our talk cosmos and find out about us. But as far as events or lectures, otherwise, I'll... I'm just reading that. charts and I don't have anything coming up. So. Okay. Okay. I didn't want to miss anything. And Amanda, I know you give classes. Very good. Yes. So... Yeah. Keep tuned, folks. It will happen. Let's get back to our... Oh, and I will say that next week I have special guest. Rick Levine is returning about the eclipse season. So that'll be exciting with Leslie Francis and Dr. Laura Tad and myself on Planet Buzz. So we'll talk about eclipses. And of course, I know Kaleidoscope Visions will talk about it too because our next panel person next month, that'll be the, the signature. But right now... The steps in life are asking us to look at Pluto because Pluto is all about transformation. And in this case, we have, uh, let me think. Okay, so what we're looking at before we bring Tiffany on is that transiting Pluto in Capricorn on November 19th is going to conjunct her natal node and also at that shortly after that time mercury which is very important in her chart is uh, going to be retrograding at one degrees capricorn and it will go three times her return will go three times. That'll be on December 2nd, and then just before Christmas on the 22nd, and then in January on the 15th. Okay, so here we have that event. Let's bring, well, it, let's see if we have, oh, Nathan, is, is, is Tiffany with us on the audio? I, I am here. 
Oh, good, good. Okay, okay. I know we had a lot of trouble getting in. All right. I had I had my my phone muted until just now. <laughs> oh no, you're fine. You're fine, and I'm so glad. Thank you very much for offering this experience with us. And so we'll keep you here because we want your feedback. What was your feedback so far on what we were talking about? And do you have any questions, thoughts? Well, thank you. Thank you for having me as a guest. I I tremendously appreciate this because astrology has been something that I've I've liked to look into. Like I, I go into time passages and I use that as a reflection tool in order to bring forward or or connect the dots I should say for all the different work that I do because I feel like sometimes I have so many moving parts going on that I don't actually know unless I clear out and make the space in my body and mind to bring myself back into coherence, how to actually take action on those things. So that's something that has been a tremendous lesson for me. So <clears throat> I took some notes on, on the things that all of you have spoken about because <laughs> I do, I don't know if it's just because I study the work and have had such profound experiences with the oneness of all things and how all things are connected and work together for the good of all. But that's the way that I experience life. And in many ways, it's been my experience of life since the get go. <laughs> and truth is something that I've leaned on in order to get through several transition periods in my life. And that is something that I've associated with intuition as I've learned how that works as, as I've gone deeper into these studies and massage therapy school was put on hold because of COVID. So I had a major setback there, but it allowed me to go into a program called decodes and find that connection with people online to study remote healing and distance healing and coherence healings in groups. So it's been fascinating and all, all of it feels like, Div like divine timing is always with us in every moment we have access to that guidance but like y'all are saying and mentioning about pluto especially what amanda said about bringing forth to matter to the earth plane our desires that are created in the in the aquarian realms of mental and emotional desire um bringing those forward with empowered creativity because we've embraced and integrated our shadows and those processes that you guys are, you guys mentioned, I, I didn't even know that about, I knew Ceres was in, in the charts and, and is an astrological symbol, but I didn't know that she was, that she held that aspect. And <laughs> you can hear it, the, it, you can hear some of that, that grief coming through my voice <laughs> in that, because it's something that I haven't really spoken into, but in, claiming grief and nurturing that sustainability for life forward that is definitely something that wraps into all of this into my saturn into um embracing the essence of life beyond death because i see my father who raised me as one of those figures because i've been able to maintain a connection with him through mediumship through you know, em embracing what that means to me for life beyond the divine. So for it to even be in cancer, for that, for that aspect to be in cancer, that is 
another well, affirmation let, for me because he was a cancer. Yeah, and he passed away from cancer. <laughs> oh dear. Well, let me just clarify. Thank you, and thank you for sharing and being transparent. I'm going to ask other questions here, but but let me just explain that you're um, because it's not sure. Saturn is in Capricorn, so it would be very much the father figure and very much a direction that in astrology that you would going towards but you have the parental signature here because the south node that you come from is cancer which is home and nurturing so and it is interesting with that healing it could be that your father is part of that healing process because he's attached to your destiny point of the north node it's these it, it absolutely putting it all together and you know it i know that you had mentioned to me because there were things that we had talked about that we didn't talk about here that before we came on we have a pre-chat always and part of it was that with this strong capricorn signature that you're very likely in a how are are you thinking of administrative possibilities what is your direction that you're i mean do you have questions like i'm wondering about your career you had mentioned that was in that it, service service was the focus that I had requested um, because I am an affiliate for Project Uprise and I'm also on the depart um, I'm on the board of directors for the Golden Haven Foundation so they're two separate programs but who can have a high impact on society as far as uplifting. And empowering individuals so for project uprise it's an anti-human trafficking uh, business so it's instead of a nonprofit, it's registered as a business so that we can give merchandise to represent the cause and to start conversations for the prevention because project uprise is directly in involved with prevention interception rescue and rehabilitation of survivors of child trafficking and they also work with professional development for life after and for at risk and survivors. So that's, that's something where there is um, a youth shelter here in Albuquerque, New Mexico called the Harbor Youth. And we're trying to raise funds currently to keep them open 24 hours a day mm. because there are legislative legislations in place currently that make it illegal to house children overnight who are homeless yeah. or at or at risk um, wandering the streets for them to be housed overnight without a parent's permission and a lot of these children who are in that dynamic don't have a relationship with their parents they don't have that integral support and i do think that that's something that i had as a child, my my mom is a Capricorn. The, the one my mom who raised me is a Capricorn, and her her and my dad's foundation that she gave to us, I I've always had that sense of like I am so fortunate, I am so blessed because there's so many children who did not have this opportunity. So I feel like I'm in a position to be able to reach out and help others because I've had that background that other children didn't have in support. So. And then the Golden Haven Foundation is is to help families who may have, may have had abusive dynamics and they're having to split 
and not having the right resources or funding to be able to actually begin that fight and to figure out what is in the highest good of the children and the parents involved. So I really think that ties a lot back into what y'all were saying about the legacy and complementing reciprocity and having Libra coming in to help balance the dynamics for everybody to the well, highest benefit. Yes, I will thank you very much, Tiffany. And I hope this will, with all of what you've shared, which is very potent, I just wanna say immediately, clear, uh, validation of your chart because your son is in the fourth house. So family is so important to you. And in Sagittarius, <laughs> yeah, you have a, home, a house. belief system yeah. involved. And law, you know, um, it very much relates to law. So, and then the fact that your north node is in the fifth house has everything to do about creativity and children. And mm -hmm. so with with Saturn there, and it, it, quite a lot of energy. You have, it may be blocking it out, but Saturn's right there, Neptune and Uranus. So when you combine Saturn and Neptune that's very spiritual but we talk about Neptune being spiritual when it's with Saturn it's focused on the essential that lasts after death and it is spiritual so in other words you naturally this is working in league with what in tandem with your chart I guess what I'm thinking that when okay in earlier this year in February and then in July would have been the first times that Pluto was really swinging across that lat. And it's a very last anoretic degree. So it's a pretty powerful degree. So you may not have the clarity, but now it's approaching it again. Are there things that you were working in, particularly with this administrative work or a question that you have about service? Because you are all about service too. Virgo wants to provide service to heal, to fix. The, the trick always with Virgo, I have that rising too, and we're all, we all have Virgo somewhere, and it's pretty strong with our particular panel here in different ways, is knowing what a person can, how to lead a horse to drink so that they can get the water themselves. You can't actually spoon feed the water into the horse you know as it right and goes so it's knowing what everybody's accountability that they're for themselves but do you have like what are you thinking with these you're on the board you're 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 involved but are you thinking about how to mobilize these things or how to get the laws changed or do you have something in particular? That I have a question to ask. Is there a sense of um, a lot of juggling and there's a lot of things going on? Yes, I did. I did say that, that sometimes I get overwhelmed and feel like there's too many moving parts. I don't know exactly where to take action because everything feels like a priority. But mm. I do have ideas in mind on how to move things forward, such as like I think this conversation is very helpful because your community is going to know that it exists. And then I have plans to implement doing, doing lives on Facebook, possibly creating my own YouTube channel. I don't know where to start with a lot of these things. The Facebook Live I'm most familiar with. So 
as far as doing like a YouTube channel, I'm not sure if I would be able to do it as um, open as I do my, my Facebook. YouTube works pretty well. And one advantage is, although it, I know that my own marketing here, I have a Facebook page, but the goal is to direct everything to my email because you own your own email. You don't own Facebook. It's a right. Site. Yep. And the same thing with, and with YouTube, you have more ownership with that. So if you can direct it there, it's not too complicated, but it is a matter of marketing or maybe email, getting your email list so that you can maybe network with someone that they can offer something uh, um, or some kind, or you could, you, if you have modalities, you could give like some kind of a training or something in lieu of getting their email, you know. That would be a fantastic idea. Uh, um, some Something I wanted to do was do a Facebook Live and just just put out the numbers to show people like New Mexico lottery. I see those numbers rise and fall consistently. So I wanted to go through and put something visually representative together that people can see like this right. much money is going into the lottery. Consistency and you're all works consistent because I'm speaking here. We have about five minutes and that's the only okay. reason I'm jumping in here <laughs> just to help us kind of, cause I know Amanda and John have things too to say, but I want to support that YouTube. If you can be consistent with it, even once a week on a routine basis, it will grow. And so I okay. applaud that. Yeah. John. I just noticed a transit uh, when I was prepping this chart. Um, right now you have transiting Jupiter, which is 72 degrees away from your natal Chiron. That's a quintile um, aspect, and quintile is all about creativity. Um, I, 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 Chiron being like the ultimate mentor. Maybe at this time there are mentors around you who can help you do some of the planning. Mm. Oh, gorgeous. Yes. I I wrote down the creative expansion of faith, hope, and abundance, but I think that's geared towards some kind of mentoring. So have your, just be open to that. Somehow maybe the universe is going to maybe try and deliver that or just think about who do you know or connections that you have. The the CEO of Project Upright, she's a fantastic mentor also. And she's, I want to support, I want to support the momentum that she initiated with this project launching in, in January just to try and do everything we could to start getting children warm and off the streets and out of, out of risk because the more vulnerable these kids are, the more likely they are to be trafficked and seduced into oh, situations sure. where they can be abused. And the abuse is something that I'm definitely right. wanting so, to prevent yep. or, or help to, to alleviate and transmute so that it's not yes, something that I want anybody to absolutely. live in. Absolutely. Indefinitely. Okay. Yeah. Th- yeah. Thanks, Sue. I so one thing I wanted to note is that your natal Pluto is in the third house, and the Pluto is is your sense of power, and it and all of these foundations that you're working with are very Plutonic in nature, and Pluto in the third, like that, that is saying to me that you have a very powerful voice, and so using your voice. Um, for these foundations, I think is right in line with your soul path. And you can see in the chart too, that right opposite Pluto on the opposite side is Vesta, exactly opposite. And Vesta is 
um, is what lights you up. It's the, it's the flame inside of you. And so this is, yeah. And this is a really powerful signature and something that's, that's going to sustain you through life. So I love that you're on track with that and using your voice and the Mercury returns that are upcoming as well. Yes. Thank you for bringing very, that up because we need very much to, in line with that. Very important because Tiffany, we only have a few minutes here. So we need to kind of thank you for sharing, but let us kind of finish this up a little bit. And that is, is that you have help on the way, right? Like, 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 uh, John was suggesting. In other words, you are in a process of working at it. I know that the cancer person can feel like, oh my gosh, where's the process going? But the point is, is that there is like every season has a season. And in November 19th, it's not like, oh, that day, but it's culminating to that. And you'll have passed through the eclipses also where the, this energy here is focusing that will bring in alignment your dreams and your motivations because of Venus and Mars. And you're going to want to make something tangible. And it could be tangible as far as drafting and doing the YouTubes because ahead of that, in December on the 2nd and 22nd, just before Christmas and January 15th, it was on an earlier slide, you're going to have Mercury returns. Mercury is going to go retrograde. That happens three times a year, but it's happening to be over yours. And it's a Mercury return. And the advantage of that is that you'll come up with all these ideas and then you'll get a chance to regroup and reconsider and reconnect like the networking and then launch it again. So it's a whole process that the universe is funneling to you. So meaning I would definitely think about looking into website and, and, and networking, working like how can you do a win-win for people? You know, that's the beautiful part is that administrative part of you, I think, can really collect people and support and also the YouTube. And, and, and you're going through, right now, Saturn is transiting through your sixth house and that is a lot of hard work the sixth house. And so that, that feeling like you've got a lot to do and get through, that's part of it. When it moves into the seventh house, it will move above the horizon. And this is really that legacy building period. So all of the hard work that you're doing now, it's going to start to pay off and Saturn will start rising in your chart and um, transiting Saturn, I mean, um, until it comes up to the 10th house where it really culminates. And so you're really building this legacy and um, and you will have helpers once Saturn moves, moves into the And that'll house. be January. It won't be that long because I was just noticing, I wish I had, but at the end of the year, it's at almost, it's three degrees. It's been retrograde, so it's been slow. But once yeah. it starts moving, it's going to be pretty much. So it looks like end of February is when it's going to hit the seventh house. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. That's really neat. I really mm -hmm. appreciate you guys. If there's any way that we can actually link um, Project Uprise and the Golden Haven Foundation to this specific video, that would we, that would be greatly appreciated. I can send well, you that I've information. I've, I've already. What's this is going live? What is has already been done. But what you can do is go into Talk Cosmos and put those links down as comments. And in the YouTube, be, okay. yeah, in the YouTube, that would be great. That would be and awesome. I appreciate that very much. Yes. No, I know you're doing a wonderful effort and I applaud because it takes persons with your commitment 
and a natural ability, I will say, that wants to harness this to reach out to others. Thank you. Bring people together. Yes. And in health. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Thank you, Tiffany. Very meaningful. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.